the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman. Bob's been practicing law for over 40 years and is certified by the State Bar of California as a legal specialist in estate planning trust and probate law. Bob is here to help you set your house in order with valuable insights you can use today to prepare a better tomorrow for your loved ones. And now your host for Plan Your Estate Radio, Attorney Bob Bergman. Well, good afternoon, Bay Area. Attorney Bob Bergman here, host of Plan Your Estate Radio and um, um, announcing uh, to all of my listening audience that after five years on the air, my last show on the air will be Friday, March 24th. So after today, there will only be four more shows and then I'm officially going off the air. I've spent five years on the air. It's hard to believe it's been five years. Um, A lot of good times. Hopefully a lot of good information passed on to everyone. And uh, I've met some people. I've had some people on my show where I've had a chance to interview them, and that has been enjoyable. But it's time for me to move on. My... uh, my family is getting older. Uh, my daughters are in high school now. They started this year going to Notre Dame High School in San Jose. A very fine school, by the way. All girls, and uh, and they're really enjoying it quite a bit. But what I've been unable to do um, for five years now um, has been... Well, I should say before this year, I've been able to pick up my children from school every day because their school went later, but their new school gets out at about 2.10 on Friday afternoons, which means about now, looking at the clock within a couple of minutes, which means I have not been able to go and bring them home from school. Uh, That has put a a burden on my wife, who actually works from home, and she has to kind of drop everything she's doing and drive to go pick them up and bring them home again. And I'm looking forward, after uh, another month, to clearing my Friday afternoon calendar so that I can go and get my daughters and bring them home after school every day. It's one of the things I actually enjoy doing, dropping them off in the morning and picking them up from school later in the day. Eventually, they're probably going to uh, be driving, at least one of them, and maybe they'll start driving themselves to school and bringing themselves home from school. But in the meantime, I want as much time as possible with my daughters before they kind of age out of dad being their chauffeur. (laughs) And it's been five years. I think that's 
that's long enough to be on the air uh, talking to people. Now, I'm not going away. <clears throat> My law practice is still open in San Jose, in the Cambrian Park area of San Jose. If you want to jot this down, uh, my address is 3535 Ross Avenue, Suite 200, San Jose, California, 95124. And my website is lawbob.com, L-A-W-B-O-B.com. Now, in the last week, I officially finished up and I have launched two evergreen webinars that can be accessed from lawbob.com. And um, I bring this up because these webinars are not only very informative, but they're also the entryway to having a meeting with me that is no charge. Uh, effectively... Um, as of probably about Wednesday of next week, I will be going to a consultation model, model rather, where it is uh, where you pay to consult with me, uh, unless <clears throat> you are consulting on something other than estate planning, or trust or probate administration, uh, such as consulting on a court petition or something like that. Every other consultation will have a fee associated with it. However, if you're interested in estate planning and you watch one of my webinars all the way through, first of all, there will be a bonus at the end of the webinar, but then you'll be able to actually directly book a consultation with me to to talk or to come in and talk about the level of trust planning that is appropriate for you and your family. And that consultation will be at no charge. So I'm going to a two-consultation model. One consultation that you pay. You can come in for an hour of my time, pay for an hour of my time, and ask me any questions you want and uh, kick the tire, so to speak, um, and even, you know, get informed about estate planning. But um, if you want to learn all about estate planning, the way to do it is to watch one of my webinars because there I lay it out in a very clean, methodical way to get you as educated as possible to help you determine whether or not you should do planning and whether or not you choose me to do your planning. And if you book a consultation after watching one of my webinars, it's with the understanding that you're consulting with me for the purpose of hiring me. And all we're going to do is decide what level of planning you're looking for and is appropriate for so that you then can get a quote for my fees. Coming in the other way will involve paying for my time, and it will also mean that at the end of that hour consultation, uh, you have no obligation of any kind. Uh, you can walk out, uh, or if you decide 
that you're going to hire me to do some level of trust planning, I will be happy to apply the, um, the consultation fee that you paid me towards the, um, towards the, the fee that I quote you for the trust planning that you do. Now, if you go through the webinar, there is one set of fees quoted there. If you just come in directly to consult with me, the fees are um, a little bit higher than they are if you go through a webinar. Yeah, so that's just open and fair disclosure right there. want to let you all know that my business model is transitioning and I want to focus my time in my practice on actually meeting with and working with individuals and couples that are interested in having me do their planning for them and they understand the value of what they're getting, they understand the value of doing planning, and they also understand and agree to the fees that I charge for the various levels of planning that I do. So after March 1st, there will be no more free lunch for people booking consultations with me unless they go through one of my webinars and are booking for the purpose of hiring me to do planning. So that's it. I'm laying it right out there. Uh, I want everybody to know that's the, the way I'm going to be conducting my business from now on. I've done free consultations for years, and I've reached the point where I can't really afford to give away my time and my expertise for free anymore unless you want to watch a webinar where I took the time to put those together and make them available so that they could be watched 24 hours a day. You can actually register any time, any time of day or any day of the week. Okay, we're coming up on the first break of the show today. When we come back, I will use my usual format with questions and comments from around the state of California. This is attorney Bob Bergman, and we'll get the show rolling after this break. This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW. And welcome back to the second segment of the show today. Let me jump into some questions and comments from around the state of California. As I start this, my fifth to last show on the air. Okay. Can the beneficiaries change the terms in a bypass trust or are they set in stone? This is out of San Francisco, California. Um, let's see, it says the bypass trust was set in effect 10 years ago when our mother died and our father died last year. My sister believes we can ignore the bypass trust directives and split money however we want. Is that correct? Well, I'll start first by saying it's an impossible question to really answer 
without seeing the terms of the bypass trust. Uh, I mean, when I see something like bypass trust directives, that suggests that there are some very specific instructions in the bypass trust about what's supposed to happen to the assets in the bypass trust. Maybe I should explain what a bypass trust is. A bypass trust is set up in a special type of trust, a joint trust with a married couple. And when the first spouse dies, the bypass trust will contain the share of the assets of the marriage and any property owned just by that spouse that died and put it into a trust typically for the benefit of the surviving spouse to pay income to them, provide additional monies as needed to care for them and things like that. You cannot ignore the bypass trust directives, but I'll tell you this, um, if the without seeing what it said, if there's something about the bypass trust that is a problem or can't be handled properly because of the way it's worded or things like that, it might be possible to go to court to amend that bypass trust. But typically a bypass trust will have the property of the spouse that just died turned over to it to be distributed according to the terms of the bypass trust, which means everything that was owned by both spouses tends to flow into the bypass trust, and then you follow the instructions there. Now, again, without seeing the bypass trust, it would be very difficult um, to, to even start to answer the question that was raised by this person. Um, if they contacted me and said this, I would say you need to book a consultation with me to go over that. And, and then, you know, in, a, in next week, it would be, and here's what I charge for a consultation. Um, my, my consultation booking links will actually have a link in there um, to pay for the consultation so that, um, so that I do actually get paid before someone comes in. All right. Okay. From Lancaster, California, person says, I'm an heir and beneficiary of my father's trust. How could my two brothers, who are trustees, sell my father's house without my knowledge of any of the things going on with my father's estate? Well... If they're just handling things and doing things and they're not keeping you informed as a beneficiary, they're in violation of the trust law. And um, in a case like that, it might very well be that you you may need to hire an attorney and actually, um, actually uh, perhaps go to court and have them removed as trustees because they're not really looking out for your interests as a beneficiary. One of the things that I find that there are some trustees, they th seem to think that because they're put in charge that they have the powers of a dictator. 
when actually being a trustee means that you are a servant. Your job is to serve the interests of the beneficiaries of the trust, to not take any actions that would damage or hurt the beneficiaries or their interests in the trust, but instead you're held to the highest standard, fiduciary standard, similar to the standard for a CPA, an attorney, or a doctor to, to, do, to not do any harm, to keep people informed, and to take actions that are appropriate. Going ahead and just selling property of a trust without letting the other beneficiaries know what you're doing, or even going back and kind of getting their approval for selling it or getting their approval for the the sale price or the offer, things like that, that's a very dangerous game to play if you're a trustee. And in this case, the trustees came to me and I was assisting them with administration. I would tell them, you want to get buy-in and sign-off from all the beneficiaries who are affected by the action you're taking so that they can't come back later and say, you didn't get enough money for the sale or something similar to that. You really don't want to find yourself in that situation. All right, out of Thousand Oaks, California. Someone said, I have a special needs trust. And from the beginning, I've been trying to get a response or reply from the trustee or the trustee's company to answer my questions and concerns. This has already cost me money and months of sending emails, calling all the time where I don't get a response, where it's caused me stress to the point of a mental breakdown. And for the fourth time, it's happening again. So I was wondering, can I sue for the unprofessional actions of the trustee, both costing me money and leading to a mental breakdown? Well, short answer is you can sue for anything in the world. I think your better bet would be seeing if you can get the trustee and the trustee's company removed as the trustee, because it sounds like if they're not responding to you, if they're not keeping you informed and you're the beneficiary, just rewind back to what I just talked about, about the siblings just selling a property without uh, even getting any kind of buy-in from the beneficiary. In this case, it may be necessary to go to court to have the trustee removed and a new trustee put in charge. I think that is maybe uh, the better approach here, which is to do something like that. Well, we're coming up on the mid-show break, and when we come back, I will be um, continuing with more Plan Your State Radio, more questions and comments from around the state of California. So stay tuned for the second half of the show. This is Attorney Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your State Radio, and we'll see you on the other side. This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW. And welcome back to the second half of our show today. 
And uh, I would like to go ahead and continue on with some more questions and comments. Okay. All right. So here's a general question out of San Pedro, California. A person wants to know, can the trustee appoint me to manage my disabled sister's special needs trust? My mother died in October 2020. She appointed her brother to be trustee for my disabled sister's special needs trust that my mother had created for her. My uncle wrote checks to the beneficiaries last night. He included a check written out to the name of my disabled sister in an amount more than $100,000. First of all, that's really a bad idea. Then it says he gave that check to my brother, asked him to give it to me to deposit into my sister's bank account because he knows that I am the payee for my sister's SSI account. Now, SSI is a federal income program that is needs-based. So the sister's getting an income from the federal government, supplemental security income. So it says, my sister lives in a skilled nursing facility, is dependent 100% on her SSI and Medicaid benefits, which means Medi-Cal. She's soon to be 49 years old and is blind and paralyzed from strokes due to uncontrolled diabetes. I did not accept the check for my brother because I do not have the proper documents to allow me to open and manage a bank account for the special needs trust. My uncle agreed to allow me to manage the special needs trust, but did not give me any paperwork allowing me to legally do so. What documents do I need to legally open the account and manage it? I've sent um, messages to my uncle asking him to have documents prepared by his attorney to appoint me as special trustee, but all I received was a check made out to my sister without legal documents. Well, I'll start first by saying there should not be a $100,000 check um, going into the sister's bank account because that's too much money. That has to be declared unless it's immediately spent for something that's eligible. That's going to cause the sister to lose her Medi-Cal benefit and to lose her SSI. It sounds to me like the uncle has no idea what he's doing as the trustee of this special needs trust, which actually would be a supplemental needs trust. A trust designed to supplement the SSI, to supplement the Medi-Cal benefits for the nursing home, to supplement, not replace. So I would suggest to this person, if they came to me, I said, your uncle does not know what he's doing. You may need to go back to your uncle and suggest that he step down as the trustee uh, it would depend on whether there's a successor trustee named or whether the trust is more robust than that and gives the ability for the serving trustee to step down and appoint the successor to himself or herself. But 
that's a bad situation all the way around. I don't think uh, I don't think the uncle knows what he's doing um, because that dr- flies directly in the face of why you would want to actually um, why you would actually want to have a trust like that. Can you do estate planning with a lack of mental capacity? Well, unless a doctor can actually identify that someone has the capacity to understand who um, who the people would be who would be like their natural heirs, um, if a person's ability to actually reason has been compromised and they're literally not able to understand anymore what they are uh, what they're doing or what they're about, they really cannot do estate planning anymore. That's one of the things that that is pretty much the case anywhere in the country. And what what I would suggest in a situation like that is if you can't do the planning, if you didn't do the planning while you were still alive and still mentally capable, well, you're you're actually going to be setting yourself up should you become disabled in the future, setting your family up with having to get a conservatorship uh, put in place. And the conservatorship is not going to be a good thing at all. It's going to involve um, a lot of expense and a lot of ongoing expense. It's also going to involve uh, time. It's going to involve getting the family together to try and sort things out. And uh, you may end up having a lot of people fighting over um, over just what is going on. And that's not a good thing either. I absolutely recommend that people do not go through conservatorship unless there's absolutely no choice. And I've talked many, many times over the years uh, on this program about what kinds of things you can do to avoid conservatorship. And um, I don't know that I really need to repeat it here. Now, I think I'm going to spend the rest of the show talking a little bit about um, about the probate process. Now, a lot of you have already experienced going through the probate process here in California when a uh, a sibling or a parent or other relative passed away. I can tell you probate or the probate process is definitely something you want to avoid, if at all possible. A comprehensive, well-drafted estate plan based on the living trust, the revocable living trust, is the best way to avoid the probate process. But I think I want to share with you a little bit about just what it is about a probate that you want to avoid. 
So let's talk about this. If you have no estate plan in place and you die, you're said to die intestate, which means you have no last will and testament. That's what the intestate means, not testate, meaning no will. In that case, you'll have to go through probate. Your estate will have to go through probate, probate rather, in the county where you were a resident when you died. Now, the first step that happens is paperwork is filed with the probate court. Depending on what court you're in, either it could be filed in person or it has to be filed electronically. Like in Santa Clara County, it's filed electronically with the clerk. Uh, in Alameda County, you file it in person. And San Mateo County, I think you still file it in person, but they may have transitioned to filing um, electronically. But the point is, you, you file the paperwork, a court hearing date is set in the future. Depending on the county and how busy the court is, this could be 30 to 60 days or longer. Um, direct notice of the hearing date is then sent to the heirs of the decedent, decedent being the person who has died. The heirs are those people who would inherit the decedent's property under the decedent's will, as well as the people who would be the intestate heirs determined by the laws of California in the probate code. This means that even intestate heirs who have been specifically disinherited in a will are entitled to receive notice of the hearing so that they have an opportunity to come in and protest the will or say that there's something wrong or the will's no good or whatever it happens to be. They're still entitled to direct notice of the probate hearing date. So we're coming up on the end of this segment of the show. When we come back, I will wrap up the show with uh, a summary of uh, the other steps of the probate process. So, this is estate planning attorney Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your Estate Radio, and I hope you stay tuned for the last segment of the show today when I flesh out just what probate's about here in California. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. And welcome back for the final segment of the show today. I'm going to wrap up the show giving a further discussion of probate here in California, kind of the process that you go through, and, um, and that may kind of explain why I try to avoid probate for all of my clients. Uh, after you've actually filed the paperwork and a hearing's been set and uh, a notice of the filing petition, the hearing date's published in a newspaper of general circulation in the county where the decedent lived. That's to permit any interested party, including creditors that were not known and or heirs that are not known, to make an appearance at the probate hearing if they have objections. On the hearing date, if there are no objections, the judge will sign an order for probate that appoints a 
personal representative to handle the property of the decedent in the probate proceeding. This person's called the executor if the decedent had a will, dying testate, or the administrator if the decedent did not have a will, called dying intestate. Once the order for probate is filed, the clerk of the court issues letters testamentary if there was a will, or letters of administration if there was no will, and the letters grant authority to the personal representative to handle and gather in the decedent's property, including settling debts and maintaining and selling property, such as a house. Then, during the process, the decedent's property and debts are identified, known creditors are directly notified, and property, most types of property, are then valued, maybe some by the personal representative, like cash in the bank, and then by a court-appointed appraiser called the, wait for it, probate referee. Yes, seriously, the probate referee. Personal representative values things like bank accounts, cash. Probate referee values real property, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, works of art, jewelry, things like that. And even though not typically subject to probate, the probate referee also values retirement plans, such as IRAs and 401k plans. Even though they are not part of the probate generally, they still have to be valued. The referee and the person representative together prepare a document called the Inventory and Appraisal, and that is filed with the probate court showing the value of the estate as of the date of death. The probate referee gets a commission for this work based on the appraised value of the estate. The judge then identifies the heirs following the laws of intestate succession if there was no will or following the will of the decedent. Um, After several months have passed, which could be six months, nine months, 12 months, a year, two years, it kind of depends on where you're at and how much mess there is, the personal representative petitions the probate court to approve an accounting of of the administration and for an order to pay attorney's fees, personal representative fees, and to distribute the decedent's remaining property to the decedent's heirs. Now, that's kind of the process. I think I'm going to save the reasons why not to do probate for next week's show. So wait, you're going to have to wait a week for the exciting conclusion to the probate process in the state of California and why you want to avoid it if you can. See, I knew I should have been an announcer for like those those movies or things like that. Coming soon. Thank you, thank you. Coming soon to a radio show near you. The exciting conclusion to the probate process in the state of California. Why? Why you want to avoid it. Thank you, Mike. That's that's my producer today. Uh, if you've listened for a number of months, you know there have been times when there have been guest appearances by famous uh, people, including, I think, uh, Chewy, are you here today? There you are. There you are. Yeah. 
my good buddy Chewbacca. Yeah, he's uh, he's guested on the show before, and um, I know always brings a smile to people's lips. No one has any idea what he's talking about. Uh, probably as easy to understand as Groot. Um, apparently, some people understand Groot because they can translate what he's saying, even though all he ever says is, I am Groot. But still, thanks, Chewie, for showing up. Always a pleasure to have you here. Um, we're coming. Okay, okay. We don't want to get sued. We don't want to get a sued for that one right there, unless unless the the show actually has a a blanket use from the station, maybe something like that. Oh my! Well, we're my, coming my. up on the end of our show today, and uh, I just want to remind you all: um, my practice is changing. I'm going to a paid consultation model, um, unless people are coming in for estate planning. And they watch one of my two webinars on estate planning where they can then qualify for a free consultation for the purpose of coming in and determining what level of trust planning they need me to handle for them. That's going to be, uh, that's live right now. My webinars are live at lawbob.com. You can go there, click on the menu where it says seminars and webinars, and you'll be able to then it's a got a drop down there. You'll be able to pick one of those. So we'll uh, see you next week. You've been listening to Plan Your Estate Radio with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com, L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com, or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of this station and are for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be legal, financial, or tax advice. Seek appropriate legal advice regarding your particular situation. Attorney Bob Bergman does not offer any guarantees with regard to the outcome of your legal matter. Prior results in other cases do not guarantee a similar outcome in your case. All rights reserved. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.